Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. So thank you so much for being with us and for taking in this experience with us. I know that whenever we do that, we can sometimes have expectations. And I don't know about you, but my wife likes to keep her expectations low. And she has to because she's married to me. But (laughs) when you have low expectations, you you can open yourself up to surprises. And I think when you have high expectations, uh, you can sometimes just live in this sense of, you know, um, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not like disappointed, but, but more like discouraged. Sometimes when we have our expectations unmet, um, disappointment can quickly become discouragement. And then all of a sudden we, we just feel like the weight of the world is just so much harder to handle and people are just more difficult to deal with, the smallest things become even bigger. And I know that what God does is that he gives us like this sense that, hey, we can overcome anyone, anything, everything. And then when we don't, when, when God doesn't meet that expectation in our life, isn't that like not just a disappointment, but it's a discouragement? And we think, well, why is God not there for me the way that I need him? And and is it it just because my my expectation is too high? Is it because I've I've got the wrong expectation of who God is? And it's not an easy answer, right? Because what we see in the scriptures is we see a lot of good people going through very difficult times. We see a lot of good people having to wait a very long time for God to fulfill his promises. But what we always see is that the weak is made strong and the promise is always fulfilled. And I think you have to remind yourself of that when you're in that valley, when you're in that place in between where where things are not going as you expected, when your expectations are not being met. Remind yourself that, that God is still on the throne, that, that Jesus is still your friend, that he's still going to be your victory, that he's still going to come through for you, that he's still going to fulfill everything that he has promised. But you just may have to wait a little bit longer for it to happen. But don't give up. And so our faith grows in the not giving up because we keep getting up. And as we keep getting up, we keep putting our expectation not in ourselves and not in a timing that has to go according to our timeline, but in a God who is able to fulfill his promises. And he is able to love you not only the way you are, but the way that he always wanted you to become. And so he tells you right now, the reason you can belong even before you believe, 
is because I am the one who helps you to become. I, I don't have to depend on myself in becoming. I don't have to depend on a church in helping me to become. I have a Savior who lives in me, who is helping me to become everything that he has created me to be. And all those things can help, but those expectations can sometimes stand in the way of that happening. And it's important that we understand that so that we don't just get discouraged and live in a place of constant disappointment and, and, and maybe even slip into a place of depression where we just distance ourselves not only from God but from people. And so what I want to talk to you today about is, is this great, great teaching that's in the scriptures that maybe you had never really understood or come across. But it's how God expects us to warmly welcome Jesus. Now, I know that we love to be warmly welcomed. I think that when we are welcomed warmly, we feel loved. We feel appreciated, uh, even missed. We feel like that person is accepting us and, and receiving us the way we would imagine ourselves to be welcomed and to be received. And that is with, with great exuberance and excitement and with a, an anticipation of being able to sit down and just converse and catch up and, and, and hear about everything that's going on in that person's life. That's the way we want to be welcomed. Uh, when I was starting off in ministry, I was traveling, and I was welcomed into someone's home. And it was a rural town, and, and it was a, a farming town. And uh, they were farming uh, asparaguses and tobacco. And, and when I found myself there in this town, uh, I was there to share the gospel. And, and I had been traveling from town to town and we've been going from city to city, and we've been just stopping wherever we were welcomed. And I remember I was very young at the time. I was like 20 years old, and, and I got welcomed into this house with a friend of mine. And, and as we sat at this farmer's table, they offered us what they had. Uh, asparagus, tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and a beautiful chicken soup. When I got that soup, I was so hungry, I couldn't wait to eat it. Until I looked down in my plate, and, and then I saw the ugliest chicken feet you could ever imagine. And I just wasn't used to it. I had never had, you know, chicken feet in my soup. You know, I'm, I'm Canadian. I, I'd never traveled outside of, of Canada before. And it really wasn't that unusual. But I just didn't know what was I supposed to eat. Was I supposed to nibble on the nail? <laughs> Was it like to clean my teeth after I had chicken? I, don't, I didn't get it. I, I tried to see what, what is it about the chicken foot that could be, I don't know, delicious. I just couldn't imagine it. And so the, the host was like, Renzo, is everything okay? And I'm like, this, this soup looks amazing. It looks so delicious. Then she goes, why aren't you eating it? It's like, I've just never had feet before. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I've just, she goes, that's the best part. That's why I gave it to you. If you notice, the other plates are empty. And in fact, I had all the chicken feet in my soup. 
I was like, wow. I was like, thank you so much. But, but I'm Canadian, and, and the only thing we have is like maple syrup, <laughs> like maybe pancakes. There's this thing that we call poutine. That, that's all we eat. It's like, I've never had this before. And she's like, okay, but, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little offended. And she's actually telling me this. And I'm like, no, please don't be offended. My friend here is going to eat them all. <laughs> and he looks over at me and he goes, yeah, I actually like chicken feet. <laughs> and I'm disappointed that they were all in your plate. So he took them and, and it was fine. But in that moment, I had to explain how I had ruined the welcome. I had ruined the hospitality. I had ruined that moment. And you know, that moment, in that moment, I wasn't laughing because I saw how much it had hurt the host. Do you understand what I'm saying? It hurt her that I couldn't eat it. You know, that was the last time I ever behaved that way. After that, no matter what someone put in front of me, I ate it. It didn't matter. It didn't matter because I couldn't forget the look on her face. And even though I tried to explain it, and even though I gave my reasons, and even though they were maybe good enough for me, I couldn't fix that moment. Sometimes when we only get one shot at something, we can ruin it forever. Isn't that true? You know, it's like you never get a second chance at a first impression. You've heard that said before. And it really is true. And, and in that moment, when I wanted to be welcomed, and I was, and, and I had an opportunity to show welcome back, I ruined it. And so what I don't want us to do is do that with God. What I want us not to do is to do that with the person of Jesus. And that's why there's a really important verse in John chapter 1 and in verse 12. And it says this, but to as many as did receive and welcome him. To as many as did receive and welcome him. He gave this. He gave them authority. Power. Privilege. And right. To become the children of God. That is to those who believe in who adhere to, who trust in, and rely on his name. And so when we welcome Jesus into our lives, I want you to understand that this is what it comes with. It, it comes with this authority. It comes with power. It comes with privilege. It comes with the right of being children of God. And I want you to remember this because you have been warmly welcomed by God and Jesus needs to be warmly welcomed and received into our hearts. And when he is, then you are a child of God. And because you were a child of God, you were under a special dispensation of grace, an outpouring of love, of power and authority. You have a right that others do not have because you come under that welcome. And so when things are not good, when things are not right, 
when your expectations are not met, when your disappointment turns into discouragement and may possibly lead you to a place of depression, I want you to remember that if you have welcomed Jesus into your heart, he comes to stay. He comes to take residence there. And as long as you keep welcoming him, and as long as you keep giving him space, and as long as you keep inviting him to be a part of your life, then you continue to be a child of God, a son and daughter of the Almighty King. And in this moment, whatever it is that you've been through, in this moment, whatever it is that you may face, in this moment, whatever it is that you believe that you cannot overcome, I want that to change right now because you have been welcomed and you have welcomed Jesus into your life. Amen? Let's reframe our thinking, reframe our understanding of what is taking place. You know what it says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17? It says this, may Christ through your faith dwell, settle down, abide, and make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and found securely on love. And so when things aren't going well in my life, when things aren't turning out, in my life, when I feel that I am not succeeding and I'm not successful, when I feel like a failure, when I feel like I failed, when I feel like things are not as they should be, I remember that I am rooted deeply in his love. I remember that I am secured in his love. And I don't always have an answer for everything, but sometimes the best answer I can get is the arms of God wrapped around me, holding me, telling me that I'm loved and that things are going to be okay. You know, when people are grieving, the worst thing that you can do is give people a reason for their grief. In that moment, no one wants to be instructed in that moment, no one wants to be taught. There may be a moment for that, but it isn't then. In that moment when someone is grieving, you know what the Bible says that we are supposed to do? We're supposed to grieve with them. You know why we're supposed to grieve with them? Because what they want to know is that they are loved. They don't want you to fix the problem. They just want to know if they are loved by you in spite of the problem. And in that moment when you hold a person and you tell them that you love them, they know that they are deeply loved and they are secure in your love. And that you are not going to walk away, that you're not going to abandon them. That if there's someone who would understand them, it's you. And so when you welcome Christ into your life, we sometimes imagine that he's going to fix everything. That whatever is corrupting us and whatever is putting us down into places of darkness, we think he's just going to automatically just take them away. But the first thing that he promises to do is to change your mindset of what it means to be a son and a daughter. He changes your mindset about what it means to be an heir of God. He changes your understanding of what it means to be deeply loved. 
and that no matter what you do, here's what the Bible tells us, you cannot alter God's love for you. There is nothing that you can do that can push God's love away from you. It can push people away, but it cannot push God away. And so when you know this, that you are warmly welcomed by God, know this, that you are deeply rooted in that love and you are secure in that love. No matter what, God will not abandon you. He will keep loving you. And so John chapter 14, verse 23, this is what Jesus said. If a person really loves me, he's going to keep my word. He's going to obey my teaching. And so what does God want us to, wants to see from us? What does Jesus want to see? He wants to see us wanting to obey his word. Wanting to take his teaching and putting it into practice. He doesn't want you to be perfect, but he wants to see you trying. Uh, it's, this is not about being perfect, because only Jesus is, but he wants you to at least care. He wants you to at least try. And so, yeah, you're not always going to forgive a person right away. But if he sees you trying to forgive them, you know what's going to happen? This is what happens. You are still warmly welcomed, and you're deeply rooted and God is going to help you to forgive and to let it go. And not because you are perfect, but because he is and because you are trying. And in your trying, this is what God does. He gives you just a little bit more strength and a little bit more courage and a little bit more to get it done. And every time you try, when you think you've got nothing left and it's impossible for you to do it, he gives you what you need to be able to do it. But if you stop trying, listen, if you stop trusting, and if you don't move back into a place where you are obeying, then you're going to stay far from God and far from his ability to transform your life. And this verse continues, and it says this, My Father will love them, and we will come to him, look at this, and we will make our home with him. When we obey God's word, God says, I will come to you, and I will make my home with you. So, that's what I've got to do? Yeah. You've got to know God's word and you've got to put it into practice. When you put it into practice, when you try, he comes to you and he makes you his home. So when we ask God to be in our life, the question is, is he allowed to come into our home? Now, okay, I don't know about you, but when people come to my house, my wife likes to give a little tour. Anybody else like to do that? They're just like, hey, here's, here's our linen closet. Here's our laundry room. I just love it. Like she does that. Like she brings people around. She lets the show off the house. And like when people come over, I don't even think about that. I don't even think I'm going to show you every, everything. I don't think of, it's, it's a washroom. What do you want to see? This is a bed. You have one too, I'm sure. Like I don't get it. But she, it's important for her. So she does it. 
I ask you this, and, and you be honest. In your head, don't say it out loud, but just in your head. When you have warmly welcomed into Jesus into your heart, is he allowed to go everywhere in the house? Are there any doors that stay locked? Are there any places that he is not allowed to go? Is there anything that you don't want him to see? Is there any place where he is not permitted? When someone is warmly welcomed, they have the run of the house. Um, you know, I, I just had two pastors at my house this weekend from Vancouver. And, um, and, and we just said, hey, here's the house. You know, just, just use what, whatever you want. Go wherever you like. You know, want to go in the backyard? Here's the code. Here's, here's what, whatever you need. This fridge is right here. Just do what you got to do. We're not always going to be here, so, you know, just feel free. Come and go as you please. And they had the run of the house. Let me ask you something. Does Jesus have the run of your heart? Does he have the run of your house? He's welcomed, but to a point. Do you understand what I'm saying? Come on. Tell me you understand what I'm saying. Tell me you get what I'm saying. That there's, that there's places that you don't want Jesus to get into. There's things that you don't want to discuss. There's things that you don't want to have a conversation about. It's going to be unpleasant. You're not ready to go there yet. You're not ready to let it go. You're not ready to change in this area of your life. You're not ready for him to see this. Not that he doesn't know it's there. Not that he doesn't see behind walls and can't walk through doors. Because he can do all of that. But he wants you to welcome him. And that's why in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20... It says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears and listens and heeds my voice and opens the door, listen to this, I'm going to come in, I'm going to eat with them, and they will eat with me. And so I think that there are areas of our home, areas of our heart, where Jesus doesn't have access. Uh, there's areas where he can't come in and eat with us. And, and as a result, we are not eating with him. And so I want you to think and allow God right now to speak to you by the means of the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, you just show me. Show me where it is. Because sometimes, like, we don't know. Sometimes it could be an area that's unknown to us. And maybe sometimes it's, it's all too clear. But you can ask him right now and say, what is the area of my heart that you are standing at the door and knocking and I'm not letting you in. And so we're going to close in a word of prayer right now and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you. To show you in your own heart where that is. And so Father, as we are here in your presence and you stand at the door of our heart and knock, and if we've already welcomed you into our lives as Lord and Savior, then I know there may be a door that remains locked, an area that remains shut, 
a place that is still in darkness, where the light is not turned on, where we don't let you come in. And I pray that you would reveal that place to us now so that you can have the run of the house. So that there's no area that you don't have access to. There's no place in our heart where you are not welcomed because what we want is to have that community and connection with you above all else. And we pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you immensely.